good afternoon evening. What what time is it? Uh, everything restart. Bl- everything blurs together. No, no, I'm not restarting. Squat. I'm a grown man who doesn't know what time it is. It's okay. Well, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Nerd Corner. And today, uh, my I have not one but two guests who are aptly dressed for what we're talking about. And we're talking the greatest cinema, what is it? The greatest cinema property probably of all time. And that is Star Wars. Star I Wars. totally butchered that, and Tony's gonna be really upset with me. I am very upset <laughs> with you. <laughs> totally, but you know what I'm. You know I know what I'm talking about. I just couldn't do it in that moment. Don't worry about it. I'll edit that out. <laughs> I'm not editing out squat. But uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hello, my name is Dante uh, from DanteDreams.com. Uh, you can find my webcomic there, and I'm a. OG Star Wars guy. I uh, watched the original movies in the theater. New fancy. This guy over here. Born before us and whatnot. How dare he? So what's it like being old in Star Wars? <laughs> so it's like I'm going to die sooner than you guys, most like. You know, unless you guys are unwise tonight. And oh, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And uh, I am Tony. Um, if you need to talk to me, you can usually reach me. Never. Yeah, just about. No, I, I'm on Twitter at uh, Tonyus Prime and Instagram at Tonyus Prime. Uh, I love to talk Star Wars. I love to talk with anybody about Star Wars. Um, he also loves to life. tell you why you're wrong about Star Wars. Nah, um, I'm not that bad, am I? No. I mean, you are wrong about the A-Wing, but that's about it. How dare you? <laughs> How? What's this about the A-Wing? How dare you? Tony... We're going to hop right into we're it. We're going to hop right into <laughs> it. Let's go. Me and Tony have a heated debate about which starship is better, the A-Wing or the B-Wing. And his entire reasoning behind the B-Wing is because it's just... The B stands for blade. Boo! Boo! You the don't A-wing get much cooler. Shapit, shot, the, eh, the A-Wing is the fastest ship in the fleet... And everyone knows it. The true, the true top guns of the Rebel Alliance fly A-wings, and and it was modeled after the original Jedi fighter. Do you see a single B-wing get taken down in the Battle of Endor? You do not. Wow. So do you see it, there? If you also <laughs> see at the final scene, there's like two left. So all right. You don't see it, though. They're all killed off screen. So. <laughs> so Intensive high forward firepower! Intensive high forward firepower! <laughs> Best line in the whole... Intensive high forward firepower! How often do we say that to each other, Tony? Uh, that's almost our greeting. To that, orale! Yeah. It's one of those two. Mm-hmm. So... Is that racist? Um, I'll allow it. <laughs> So the B-Wing is uh, definitely more well-designed. I mean, there's a lot of... <gasps> it looks beautiful, man. Thank the you, Dante. The B-Wing looks beautiful. Looks and, dumb. And it is mechanically... There's a lot of stuff going on. It's complex. Crazy geometry. It is not aerodynamically sound. Well, you know... It's space. Way- Why does it need to True. be aerodynamically True. sound? But but it is an airfoil because they, they, used, they used model like bombers. To make the wings for that thing. No, we can tell. We can also talk about the bombers and uh, 
yeah. In The Last Jedi? Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about that later. Okay. <laughs> so, so B-Wings, okay. <laughs> I own a B-Wing, but I also have two A-Wings. The A-Wings must have been like the motorcycles of the Alliance, man. I mean, they're fast, man. Yeah. Those things... they, personally, if I were to own a real one in real life, and I'm, you know, fantasy, whatever. Um, but uh, I'd own an A-Wing because it would be simple. It's fast. It, you could store it in your garage. Yeah, B-wing, it takes up you, a lot less space. What are you going to do with sure. the B-Wing? It's like you need like a mansion to hide that thing <laughs> in or a oh. deep forest. Any any place that you could hide any kind of freighter, you could definitely stash a B wing. You need a team of mechanics. You probably need just one mechanic for the A wing. I don't know. Uh, I I highly doubt that. <laughs> Considering that thing is just it, an airframe built around two giant engines. Yeah. The maintenance on that would be re- now we're discussing real life issues for <laughs> fictional craft. Uh, that's literally all we ever do. Yeah. Well, isn't that why we're here? Out? <laughs> yeah, just about. <laughs> so I like both. I see the merits of both. Um, but I'm a design guy. I'm a, you know, I got that designer's eye. And the B-Wing is sexy. Ugh. The A-Wing mm-hmm. is, is nice. B-Wing just looks clunky to me. kind of a wedge. I just want to hold it. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I've been really trying. I like the I like the original trilogy A Wing more than the uh, sequel trilogy because I don't know. Really, they they, they smooth out the like, yeah yeah. They elongated I, it a lot for I, the yeah. sequel I trilogy. Did, I did like the original trilogy A Wing a little more just because it looked a little more Curly. more about not even just more about like function over form with that case like like it had the. The, the hard nose to be at the mm. front that, mm. you know, made it look a little off. Not to the point that it just ruined the entire aesthetic of the, the ship. But I, I, I don't know. I just like it. I, I'm going to use this word. Don't, Ships. don't freak out. I find the original A-Wing voluptuous. Where, <laughs> where, where is, where, <laughs> you guys, we are... This is getting we are, a little weird. This is, this is a, I'm sorry. Welcome to Random it. Acts of Awesomeness After Dark. <laughs> you're peeking into my brain now. No, and the, and the, the new A-Wing is kind of just like straight lines, kind of, you know, edgy. I don't know. I can understand that. B-Wing beats out, though. Who? Who? <laughs> I will. I will stand firm on my opinion that the A Wing is the best ship in the entire. We Rebel can fleet. agree to disagree on the agreement that you are wrong. <laughs> I, I do like the Jedi fighters. Which Jedi fighter were you talking about? Like uh, the Episode Three Jedi fighter? Yeah, yeah. Those are those are hot. Those are pretty freaking sweet. You know, the A Wing's probably a mix of both of those Jedi fighters. The one that's just a triangle. Yeah, and mm. and uh, the one that has the uh, kind of Tie Fighter type wings from Episode Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's are, a I think it's a small mix of with both. With the uh, cog design and the for the uh, yeah. glass cockpit there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a question for you, Tony and okay. Dante. You know, you always see the the fuel lines in. In the original, in the in the hangar scenes in the original trilogy, however, they kind of got into some fuel in Han Solo in in the Solo movie, mm-hmm. but it was strictly like light speed engine fuel, mm-hmm. which is a completely different thing. So I was like, "What is the actual fuel for the starships?" 
Wikipedia would definitely <laughs> definitely be your place to find that. Uh, I have no clue, man. Um, yeah, I've always wondered. Like, you can't just use regular B flat <laughs> jet bought, A fuel. Yeah, <laughs> bought it at the bought it at the dollar store jet fuel. Well, I'm not a high hard science nerd, but it's probably something like a hydrogen, some sort of element that they can just burn or whatever. Yeah. Because if you look at the non-light speed speeds of the uh, fighters... They're still uh, ridiculous. They're ridiculous. You know, uh, on the books, they have them going like point something of light speed. But then in the actual gameplay, well, what are you going? Like Mach 2, Mach 3 or something like that? Which game? Like uh, Battlefront or X-Wing. It feels like I'm going 30 miles an hour oh, when I God. play that game. Yeah. I don't want to talk about... Oh, unless I talk about Battlefront. I thoroughly Battlefront. enjoy Battlefront. You, you, Well, you're a monster, so there's that. I, I kind of enjoy it, too. I play I, this guy. I... Hate EA. Games. Well, I also dislike EA a lot. I think I'm glad. I'm glad the franchise is being taken away from them. If that's the truth, if news can be, if there's not fake news out there, I try not to let my prejudices get in the way of my enjoyment of things. Yes, so. but I, there are there are good aspects <laughs> of the new game. You know, Battlefront One was a a bust. It was a that was an abomination of a yeah, game. Yeah, we yeah I can agree on that. But, and and you guys were there when I bought it. Yeah, we yeah, hooked it up in my room one day, yeah. and uh, we both stopped playing after about 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had the game, too. I, I played mm-hmm. with you, and it was uh, no good. It's no good. No bueno. No bueno. Mm-mm. But what are your what what are your favorite... We, we, we started talking about like ships. Tony, we are well aware of your love for ships, and that's a whole episode in and of itself. Oh, my gosh. Me, too. You know I'm where a, I got that guy. from? Is Primarily Dante. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. I'm a spaceships guy. When I was in high school, uh, he used to be at the youth camp, and we would just get into some of the nerdiest conversations. And I never learned to fully appreciate the design of something before well, Dante. I like like there. Right now. Yeah, there are so many. There are so many different design choices in terms of like the Mon Calamari. Cruisers. Oh yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, you've also got the frigates that look like the medical frigates. Yeah. yeah that look like, you know, the handle to a assault rifle kind of. Yeah. And, you know, just all these different designs. Cause I, I get that the rebel Alliance is supposed to look like this hodgepodge of, mm-hmm. of different ships, which I guess was their, their thought process. But what are your, what do you like to see in, in, when it comes to like large scale, um, when it comes to capital large ships. scale start, yeah, capital ships, capital ships. Um, man, I love capital ships. I uh, I love how the the Empire sticks to like a design like idea, like they're they're all pretty much the same. They're you know the super star destroyers, the star destroyers, and um, I remember when I first saw that. On film, and I was like, "Man, that's kind of like a pyramid." You know? Yeah, and you know, a lot of the designs seem to be inspired by something, and had like a world behind it. And that's that's one of the reasons you love Star Wars because there seems to be a story behind everything. You know, why is everything dirty? You know yeah. <laughs> why? But um, but in contrast with the rebels, yeah, like you were saying, um, you know, they're all hodgepodge. It was like diversity versus conformity. You know, yeah. it was like you know, there were the the rebels were like. 
organic, and uh, the 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 empire was all hard lines. But uh, okay, so what I like to see is I like to see spaceships. I give me a lot of them, <laughs> new designs. I mean, I, I'm glad that old designs are being reused, but give me new, give me more. Uh, I'm gonna talk about Doug Chang for a second. He oh was, yeah, uh, he was like the principal prequel designer, and he still works for ILM as far as I know. I believe he worked on Rogue One. Oh yeah, he did. I saw, I saw him talk on that. But this guy's designs are amazing. He is an inspiration to me. I'm a, I I design robots and mech and starships and spaceships. And uh, Doug Chang is like humble brag. What I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Tony. How about you? I'm a big fan of of a modular um, kind of approach to things. Uh, I think when you look at the Millennium Falcon, you can see that this thing can be broken down. It looks like the, there's certain plates on the disc part of it that can just be pulled off, as well as um, a lot of the pieces to this don't look like they quite fit together. I mean, you even look at the X-Wing, and you got this giant engine on top of this wing that's connected to this giant laser. Yeah. <laughs> and you, it looks like you can just pull each part off like a Lego set. You know, they're not necessarily meant to fit together. But they do, and the design itself looks very eloquent. Um, I mean, if you look at the Millennium Falcon from the original trilogy, as well as from uh, Solo, yeah, um, you can very much see how much of the design was kept the same. But then you look at Solo himself, Han, and how much he kind of added on to the Millennium Falcon and tried to trick it out, and then... I imagine there's probably a lot of duct tape in it now, um, but that's one of the coolest things is it looks like he tried to add uh, maybe some kind of sensor array or something, and just you can see the wires coming outside of the vehicle to, to hook together, whereas, you know, there may not have been enough side or enough room inside yeah. or... Um, no, no, no. This one goes there. That one goes there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and... You know, going to school to be a aviation mechanic, we're taught a lot of how to pull jet engines apart, and that is a very modular way of doing things. And um, to put my hands around something and then pull it off, and then that thing disassembles into like eight other things. And looking at a lot of Star Wars, it looks the exact same way. There's mm-hmm. a sense of realism where um, if you pull off that engine from an X-wing, it looks like that thing can be divided into four other pieces that, that would then break down even further. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that realism is is something that really helps me to appreciate the design. Um, I know I, I talked about how much I love the B wing, but to be honest, my first love was the X wing. Uh, it's a classic. Yeah. It's, it really it's is the stairway to heaven of Star Wars yeah. ships. <laughs> it's it's almost cliche to admit that you like it because it's, yeah, it's right? so bland considering Star Wars is full of X wings. If you if you want to be a hipster, you say you like the Y wing. Well. Yeah, because that's a terrible decision. <laughs> so, and I love, absolutely adore how much change the X-wing went through from the T sixty-five to the T seventy, um, and even further. Uh, I guess the T seventy-five exists now too. Does that uh, pose? Actually, I don't think we've seen it in the films. I do believe that it makes an appearance in the comic, though. Okay, um, that's at least to my knowledge, but. That I, can new we wing can, design. can we agree though that 
Poe Dameron's X-Wing is the dopest X-Wing I've ever seen in my entire life. Not a fan of the orange. <gasps> I, I, I like I, the black. Not a fan of the I orange. Like, I like the black and orange. <laughs> the black and orange it's is just great. like so dangerous and yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why, but when I see black and orange, it turns the black to brown. And then I see brown and orange, and then I'm remembered of other things that don't make sense in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, into deep insight into Tony's psyche for a little bit there. <laughs> but, you know, I think one of the reasons everything looks modular is when they were making these ships, they uh, they would take model kits. and bashing, yeah. Yeah, and just take parts from tanks and other airplanes. A lot of hot just, rod vehicles. Yeah, yeah, engine parts. Just slap those on, and, <laughs> you know, and and it, and it gave it like I was saying, it like a story. There's something behind there, you know. Yeah. Why the engine is exposed, I don't know. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a second about how nonsensical some of Star Wars designs are? Oh, of course. For instance, the fact that a star destroyer is a giant arrow that only points in one direction, therefore only enabling it to be able to see in one in dire- space one direction. <laughs> yeah, because you would think the bridge would be like on the like. You'd think it would have a three sixty degree view. Yeah, you think it would be on the stem thing at the at the the back towards the the what reactor. Mm-hmm. Also, can we talk about the fact that your like reactor area is exposed? This giant orb on the bottom of the ship. Yeah, <laughs> is that what that is? I thought yep. there was some sort of sensor array. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's it's just a bad I, it's just a bad idea. Like it's it's all narrative. We're going to be able to make it so that they can destroy this ship with one vo- just salvo of attacks, and we'll just put the the one thing that we need right here on the outside. This giant bulbous feature on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I just thought about that. The, the star destroyer, the 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 bridge is just facing forward. How do you how do you look in space? In in space, we're literally. Every degree of direction can be hostile. Exactly. And you've built this thing to face one direction and to point in one direction at all times. That's why they say, intensify forward all our power. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You will be hearing that at random points throughout throughout this podcast. So you'll either hear that or just ships. Yep. (laughs) But it's not just ships that I love about Star Wars. Oh, uh-huh. nice segue. Oh, well yeah. Done. No, I mean, design is, is amazing when you look at those films. Um, but some of the creativity and the storytelling, my favorite aspect, even more than ships, is the Force itself. Yeah. Um, We've had long, long discussions with you with your Kylo Ren helmet on. Yeah. So just, just so you know, uh, Tony, Dante, and I used to live together for a solid year, and it was a good time. It was a good time. It was the best time. It was. It was the best of times. It was, well, just the best of times. So uh, I remember one day I came home from drinking, um, (laughs) as I was wont to do every now and again. Copious amounts of milk. Copious (laughs) amounts of milk, yes. (laughs) Doing shots of chocolate milk. Um, Called Guinness. Called Guinness, exactly. (laughs) Um, But... I remember I came home one night, and I get in, and the way our house was set up, you could go into the living room immediately from the front door. And I look in, and I see on the couch is Tony watching Star Wars. 
whilst watching Star Wars, he has his Kylo Ren helmet on. <laughs> and it was just this beautiful moment <laughs> of I walk in and he just stops and looks at me. Doesn't say a word. Neither of us said any word to each other. And I just nod. Because this is just this is just what's gonna happen now. And I just nod and it's just like, well, this is my life. And these are my roommates. That's a beautiful story. I wish I had seen that. It was a good day. The sequel to that story is my wife has walked in on me running around our apartment with that same helmet on. (laughs) 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 Oh, yes. But the force. Yes. Um, Has it awakened? I, I I don't know. I think he hit the snooze button. <laughs> it may have been stirred, but yeah. no. So I mean, there's a lot written on uh, the mythological aspects of the Force itself, and um, a lot of how deep and religious sometimes we can get about it. But I think one of the coolest aspects to me about the Force has always been this idea that it's not necessarily a power um, or some kind of uh, something to be harnessed or, um, as I like to call it, the the Dragon Ball Z approach where the more you learn about it, the more powerful one would get and get so powerful that they've suddenly reached this new level, uh, this Super Saiyan Force user kind of thing. Um, a lot of what Force Unleashed, the video games, were, were uh, doing. And uh, it's very RPG mentality of uh, how the Force works. Um, when you go back to those original movies, that's not really the case. The Force is this, it's an entity of its own. It's its own being. And uh, props to Disney in the way that they've um, used a lot of the cross media. When you look at the comics, when you look at, uh, even The Last Jedi elaborated it on it a lot. Um Last Jedi is its own topic completely. Oh yeah, but uh, another yeah, uh, or it could be this one, depending on how you're feeling about it. But <laughs> <laughs> oh well, uh, well, prepare for a 75 hour episode, hour long podcast about um, one movie. <laughs> so the the Force as this entity and as this its own being um, has always interested me. It's always. It's the thing that connects things together. It, it's um, almost when you look at a, a human being, where you, when you really dissect who a person is, you've got this physical side, which is the way a person looks, this mental side to how they think, and then the spiritual side. Um, and to think that Star Wars in this way has gone out of its way to establish something that connects every being within that universe spiritually together... Um, it, it it's it's a great repre- representation of of storytelling that I have yet to see anybody else really pull off. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of depth to it that I I, I absolutely adore. Um, I think again, I think Disney has done a good job um, with the storytelling, not necessarily with some of those that are doing the storytelling. <laughs> uh, I have my own opinions about some of the people behind the scenes, but the the actual story that's laid out on paper and that's on film um, has been uh, 
for lack of a better word, such an enjoyment and a blessing to think that I get to live to see three more Star Wars movies, you yeah. know? Um, and to see that, the, the Force and new ships, even though they're very derivative, you know, Disney, you got to do better. Give me a new letter in the alphabet. <laughs> Give me a new letter. That's all I'm asking. Well, you guys, you guys remember uh, just how much was added to the, the lore in the universe when the Clone Wars cartoon came out. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. So much. Ugh. Because we used to sit in the house, yeah, and just binge watch Clone Wars. That's how that's how we got Andrew hooked on Star Wars. Yeah, uh, we got our old roommate hooked on Star Wars by just forcing him to watch episodes of Star Wars, the Clone Wars cartoon. Sad story. Uh, Clone Wars is leaving Netflix in a, two days. I Only know. to come back at Disney Plus with an all new season. I know. Uh, but speaking of that. You know, Clone Wars also introduces us to another concept of multiple character deaths. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and I, th- I always thought the way they did it was very elegant in terms of, you know, still being able to make their show accessible for adults and children, mm-hmm. you know, without getting, you know, too out of hand. Um, you know, we could talk about, you know, Domino Squad all day long. Uh, so sad. So sad. So sad. Moment of silence. Fives, I miss you. And we're done. So, um, but I all one of the things I, w- I wanted to ask you guys is if you could bring back any single character that you think could change the entire makeup of the Star Wars franchise, who would it be? One quick question. Yes. Is this somebody from the extended universe that has not been brought back into canon, or somebody who even exists in canon, and we'd just like to hear more of their story? Uh, as in, not just hear more of their story, like, if they didn't die. Ooh. Because I know who my personal favorite would be, and how it would ch- have changed the entire makeup of the, the story had he lived. Hmm. Qui-Gon. That's exactly who it is. Oh, is yeah. that who you think? If Qui Gon Jinn had lived, could you imagine what? I feel set up here. What? <laughs> I feel set up here. <laughs> Why? The whole question just to get down to Qui Gon. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just I I first off, I think Qui Gon Jinn is just the most underappreciated character in all of that. Star yeah, Wars, that, because had he lived. Anakin would have never turned to the dark side. We don't know that. I'm I am a hundred percent convinced that. What had... if you went with Dooku? What, what if? Uh, yeah, because he was uh, his apprentice. Yeah, that's he true. Probably had similar ways of thinking because you know the Jedi Order was going down a wayward kind of slide. It wasn't necessarily wayward. That it was like they they said it best that the Jedi Order had become complacent. Yeah. And lazy, mm-hmm. and convinced in their own superiority, dogmatic ways. Yeah, and, and a tool, a tool of the Republic, rather yeah. than you know a peacekeeping force, independent. You know, it was, yeah, yeah. But do you guys have any ones other than Qui Gon Jinn? Because I called dibs. <laughs> wow, Dib- yeah, okay. I said it. Okay. I said it. <laughs> dibsity, dibsity, dibsity. I'm not sure my uh, the character I'm thinking of would be as consequential, um, but I think someone that I would love to see elaborated more on 
uh, more on, not moron, would be uh, <laughs> Quinlan Voss. I know yeah. we, he's he's uh, he makes an appearance in the Clone Wars. It's uh, he for like he's kind of fun. A lot of people think he died, but that's only if you're reading those old Republic comics. Um, which I don't think he even died oh, in those. It was his which girlfriend are, that died. Which are no longer yep. canon. So, that's right, that's right. I know they extended on his story. Scripts from the, I want to say it was Clone Wars? sixth season of Clone Wars were turned into a book mm-hmm. uh, called The Dark Disciple, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dark Disciple, Dark Apprentice is one of those uh, that explore his story, um, which follows along with a, um Old Republic comic that was then made um, uncannon when Disney took over. Yeah. But his whole fall to the dark side, trying to get in close with Dooku, becoming Dooku's personal um, almost assassin. Although in the uh, the book, it, it he briefly mentions him as a shipmaster. Ooh. Um, and he's, like, destroying fleets and all these other things. Uh, oh, so he's very much like Roke from... Uh, Red Rising. Red Rising. Uh, yeah, you could close to that. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's as talented. <laughs> um, but the the which is a whole other podcast. BT yeah. Dubs. We've all read the series and yep. we all love it. True. So, um, but after the uh, the whole story there, that whole book, you don't really hear much from him. But they have yet to clarify if he died during the Clone Wars. Mm. So, I know at one point there was a small part of a comic that showed him saving Han Solo out of a Sarlacc pit or something like that. Yeah. And that was made on canon. Um, so Quinlan Voss was Tom's Padawan, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And Quinlan Voss also taught Ayla Sakura, didn't he? Ayla Sakura was his apprentice, yeah. Yes. So one of the coolest things I enjoyed about Tom's story was Tom was a Jedi who... Didn't even really necessarily leave the Jedi Order because everyone likes to be like, oh, Anakin was the first Jedi to try and find a wife and stuff like that. And it's like, no, no, he's not. Actually, this is a common problem amongst a lot of Jedi. Uh, It turns out people don't like being alone for very long periods of time. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Tome had a wife who was also a Jedi. um, And they both taught Quinlan Voss. So that's another reason why Ayla Sakura is very much the way that she's portrayed in uh, in Clone Wars, with her being very passionate. And yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of the that um, story is from the Old Republic comic. Yeah, um, which I absolutely adored when it was coming out. It was amazing. Yeah, it was, um, and then it was all made. To be non-canon, so well, you know this. You you, you so notice sad. they still keep a lot of yeah they stuff do. from it. I'm, I'm I like what Disney's doing with the canon. They're slowly giving us tidbits, but I feel like they're focusing on the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, hey, here's this bounty hunter that we presented in one of the more recent films, and we're gonna give you a whole book about them, but we're not gonna tell you about anything that you really care about. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes me sad. Well. uh... <clears throat> Rumor has it that the uh, the creative team from Game of Thrones, their their what is it TV series is going to be on the Old Republic, right? So it's actually uh, they are going to be uh, two theater movies. Oh yes, um, and there were some rumors heading around recently that uh, not only are they getting a trilogy, 
which is going to be centered on the old Republic, as in like before hundreds to thousands, depending on what part you're looking at. Are we talking about like KOTOR area? Yeah, we're talking about Knights of the Old Republic kind of ages. Great Um, game. Both of them, yeah. Still rumors, but it would make complete sense to have people who have done a medieval fantasy show come on and do almost medieval fantasy Star Wars. Yeah. Um, So the other cool little thing that came out around the same time as news about that was uh, news of Ryan Johnson's new trilogy, um, which supposedly will release in between on years. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is all rumor mill, so there's there's absolutely no uh, evidence to this, but uh, a lot of people are saying that it's going to be a Harry Potter-like uh, grouping of films that'll deal with the Jedi Academy after uh, the sequel trilogy, probably with Rey as a master of that academy. Interesting. Yeah. Do, 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 Depends do, on how do, much do, you do, like Broom Boy. Do, 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 do. Anyway, um, so going off of you know some of the like like the lesser known characters, um, who are some characters that you guys have enjoyed that have like not necessarily as big of a spotlight in either the movies or you know maybe even the Ahsoka Tano. <sighs> Uh, I remember when when they introduced her in the uh, Clone Wars movie, mm-hmm. the 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 2008 CG movie, and I hated her. <laughs> Everyone I, did. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. I mean, and even the first season, I was like, "Who is this annoying new character? How how how, how could they come up with her?" It's a big reason on why that movie didn't do well. A lot of people hated Ahsoka Tano. Actually, that movie did very well. I mean, not financially wise compared to the the live action movies. Yeah. But its production cost versus how much, you know, it made in the theater and afterwards, it actually didn't do that bad. Mm-hmm. But it's not as popular as the live action ones, of course. Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you, Ahsoka, Ahsoka, I love her. <laughs> her story art in the Clone Wars and in Rebels. It's just so amazing. I mean, the end of the Clone Wars, her her end of the, oh, I mean, I'm getting verklempt thinking about that and and, um, Rebels as well. I mean, just such a beloved character of mine now. I mean, for for me to hate this character to like, that's I I love her maybe as much as I love Luke Skywalker, who is is my who is my favorite mm-hmm. character. I had a dream last night actually that I murdered Barriss Offy. Whoa. Yeah. That's disturbing. Well, she's a monster. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. She's responsible for a lot of the terrible things at the end of Clone Wars. Yeah. But you know what? It I think it also illustrates... Spoiler alert, BT does. Oh, yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> that, well, let's just predicate this whole conversation moving forward and for the rest of this podcast. will probably be spoiler Spo- alert. Yeah. Everything we don't, that's we're not going to care about what we talk about. about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have, I don't, I don't have time to censor myself in that way. But you know, Barisafi and even Dooku, they had valid points. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, they, I mean, you have to think about this, this, this war was totally created by the emperor. Yeah. And he was, he was, his main side was, was the Republic, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, both of these sides got tricked into a war, and they're both good. Yeah, it's also, it's so weird when you find out, like, 
Like, because when you're when you first watch like Clone Wars, you're like, oh, the Separatists, duh, they're all evil, yeah. da, 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 da. and you're like, not necessarily. Mm-mm. Um, you find out a lot about Separatists and uh, what actually drives them in the course of the Clone Wars cartoon, which, if you haven't watched it, do you it. have to. It's so good. It's mandatory. So, it's mandatory viewing. Mandatory viewing. Okay, yes. let me let me tell you a little story of like my viewership of the animated TV shows. So I had watched the 2008 movie, right? And then I decided I don't like it, and I don't like that The Clone Wars. So I never watched any more of it until Star Wars Celebration 2015 in Anaheim. And I saw they were they were already doing um, trailers for the second season of Rebels, right? And I had a lot to catch up on. <laughs> so I got back from Star Wars Celebration. I believe that was I living with you guys at that time. Uh, no, you no, might no, have, it might have been like right before. before. Yeah, yeah. It was the year before. That's right. So I. I binge watched all of the Clone Wars, all of Rebels, and I was like, oh my gosh, how did I miss out on all of this wonderfulness? <laughs> the Clone Wars was so... I mean, that was George Lucas speaking through David Filoni, and he was his, like, maestro, and George Lucas was the muse, and it was beautiful what they came up with. I mean, the first season was a little rough. The movie was rough, but everything after that... I mean, you, you saw, like... You saw, like, Godzilla, or no, King Kong. You saw the Seven Samurai. You saw, like, yeah. noir. All put into, like, a serial production. It was beautiful. That Seven Samurai episode yeah. was crazy good. Yeah. that Well, that entire story arc was just amazing. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, uh, other than Ahsoka, who is wonderful, uh, Tony, how about you? What was the question again? Yeah. Uh, who are some kind of like lesser known characters that you have, have enjoyed, that you would like to see their kind of story built built up a little more? See, um, get, get, a little, get the spotlight just, just a bit more. Well, I can think of a few. Uh, the Knights of Ren definitely yeah. need to make some kind of appearance because of that. Force back, I think is what they're calling it now. Um, but the, just a little tease that we got of them. We're not even sure if those are surviving students of Luke's school or not. We just know that these people follow Ben. And uh, I, I, I'm chomping at the bit to learn more about these guys. Um, there's just no information at yeah. all, you know, and I think that's definitely something that Disney will probably explore after this trilogy is done. Mm-hmm. They'll probably go back and give us a book or a show or something. Dude, how cool would it be to have an animated series about Ben Solo being trained by Luke after the events of Return of the Jedi? Because we know that as a young boy, Han and Leia give him over to Luke because they didn't know what to do with this kid, <laughs> and he doesn't become Kylo Ren. Until his late twenties, yeah. So there is more than a decade of storytelling there. Yeah. Wow. That would be absolutely amazing, uh, and it would definitely fill the Luke Skywalker void that some of us have been getting. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a lot of people who are a little iffy about a lot of people who don't like Kylo Ren. Yeah. I personally adore him. 
um, because of the fact that he's essentially he was essentially created to be like the golden child of the force of the force uh, you know after Luke and like he was groomed to be Luke's protege so he kind of got handled with kid gloves for the most part yeah which is another reason why you know his attitude and the way he treats the way he he goes about things is a little spoiled understandable. Brat. Yeah. Spoiled brat. Wow. Is, yeah. Yeah. But to be honest, the guy was dealt like the worst of cards as a <laughs> being handed over as a kid, feeling like your parents don't watch you anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that he tells Ray when he sees her in Force Awakens. Uh, you think of him as a father figure. You, if you were me, you wouldn't understand. He's nothing close to a father. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> J.J. Abrams writes more eloquent than I can speak. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Knights of Ren are one. Do you have any other ones? Um, any clone, to be honest. Like, uh, in the non-canon era, we had the clone commandos. Mm-hmm. And we saw them very, 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 very briefly in the, uh, in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. They are escorting a... Uh, Jedi coffin back to the temple um, and they just step off of the shuttle and then they step right back on. And yeah. it's very, very brief. Um, but we also get an entire episode of uh, Around One, I guess, right? Uh, Gregor, I think was his name. Um, yeah. He had amnesia and, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, but He was one he, of the three that survived into Rebels, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, and he was, it was one of those ki- clones that they could really develop his character because he yeah. was on his own. And he was such an innocent. It was it was beautiful. Yeah. And I, I adore what Clone Wars did for the clones. Half those episodes revolve around Jedi giving the clones their own identity. Yeah. And treating them like people as opposed and then you find out the a lot of them weren't treated that way. They were looked yeah. at as like products of war. They were it was the same as looking slaves. at a rifle. Yeah. Yeah. What was the uh what was the name of the the giant four armed can't remember his name, but you, you he know was Dexter Dexter's race, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Species. It'll come to me. God, that guy was a jerk. Yeah, that was such a. It was. It's a hard. Ep- it's a. It's dar- the darkness evil. on Umbara. Yeah. Uh, episodes yeah. were revolved around this guy. I can't remember his name either. Uh, yeah, he was just a jerk though. He was terrible. Yeah. Um, but I like. I just remember they did such a good job, uh, at. Creating a story, especially around Domino Squad. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and the 501st. And you're just like, this is... I I love all of these guys. Yeah. You really grow attached to some of them. And you learn them by name. And then when you start to see the, as the war progresses, some of these guys sort of get picked off and die. And, and you yeah. may have met them like three episodes before. And Clone Wars wasn't... When it was released, it wasn't released in uh, chronological order. Yeah. yeah you know, we just got these place. arcs, uh, which they look like maybe each arc takes place within the same years mm-hmm. and seasons, because they don't go back. Well, there was, in season three, they went all the way back to the beginning, but for the most part, it looks like you're kind of moving along with the timeline, but jumping around yeah. uh, quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, even when you think of Boyle and Waxer. Yeah. Uh, who were a part of, I think it's the 329th, um, part of Cody's regiment. Yeah. Yellow and, uh, yeah, uh, the ones that under, put the yellow armor. Yeah, under, um, 
under Obi-Wan. There's probably like maybe three or four episodes with them, but you, you, you grow so fond of them because you spend an entire episode with these guys and you learn that they're, they're individuals, they're people, the, they have their, each and every one of them have their own likes and dislikes and their mm-hmm. own attitude towards things. Uh, and it's very endearing. And the show, just as it continued and just towards the end, started to really grind out, put a lot of these characters through a meat grinder. Yeah. And, and really it was sad. just, yeah, it, I mean, well, it was sad, but it was guys. it was also this journey that you went through. Yeah, um, like learning everything about like like fives and, and heavy and like hard yeah. case and all Echo that. Echo. Echo. Yeah. And you're just, when you find out what happens to them and when it happens, you're just like, Yo, yeah. there's there's just so many of them, and I I with a army that was a million plus. I don't know what the number was, but there has to be at least a few of those clones that survived through the Clone Wars. Maybe even were recycled out of the Imperial Army, much like how uh, you find out the Rex and Gregor and Wolf, uh, who wound up showing up in Rebels. Yeah. Um. Spoiler alert: They survived Clone Wars. <laughs> so. <laughs> First off, ain't nobody killing Rex, that's for sure. Oh my gosh. I mean, did you see Filoni tried to retroactively put him in Return of the Jedi? Yeah, yeah I'm totally okay yeah. with it. Yeah, forget that Santa Claus name. Dude, yeah. that's, that's Rex. That, that, that 100% makes re-watching movies even better, you know? Yeah. Um, Jedi Master Krell. That's yes, who it was. That is what his a name. dark like Jedi. It. Let's just call him a dark Jedi or rogue Jedi. Yeah, he did. it was. My wife and I went through Clone Wars after we got married, and uh, she immediately first episode was like, "I don't like that guy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was so proud of her because <laughs> I actually thought he was pretty cool. Four arms, and then he gets the double bladed lightsabers for each that, yeah. that's pretty nuts man <laughs> yeah but he's a jerk he talked down to the clones from the very beginning yeah yeah way before he started killing them mm-hmm. i have to just little snippet so that old republic comic that we left there was a uh clone who wound up taking over the 501st after the clone wars uh i believe his name was commander apo uh Apo, we didn't and talk Apo about gets a name drop it, during that ser- during the darkness in Umbara. Yeah. Yeah, he's like uh Krell's right-hand man during one of those uh really. Yeah, yeah cuz remember one of it, was, sieges. it was like the 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 two cuz Apo and Dogma were the like two like Krell, not necessarily like fanatics or anything like yeah. that, but they were like his I think Dogma probably more than uh Apo. I you just get Oppo just gets a name drop and he's yeah. standing right there with the binoculars. I thought that was really cool. And it, Lucas, I guess Limited or the company, um, Lucasfilm, whatever. Uh, they they continually go back to some of these EU characters and bring them in. Yeah. Uh, even Thrawn. That's how Alias Sakura yeah. made it into the movies. Was through the comic series. She's Lucas so looked at great. it and was like, "Hey, that looks really cool. I want her in my movie." She's so cool. <laughs> I, 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 look, I'm, I've had a crush on Alyssa Kerr since I was like 10 <laughs> years old, so there's that. Um, but yeah, I, I just love, like, the, the more said about Admiral Thrawn, just the better in terms of just character. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think, uh, Rebels, 
I I think they may have just wanted to him to be there more than they had to do with him. Yeah. Because um, he's constantly plotting and seeming like something sinister is about to happen. But it never does. And time <laughs> after time, he's getting thwarted by the rebels to the point where it's kind of like, I know this dude is cold and calculating and he's supposed to be super smart. But at this point, we haven't really seen him win. Exactly. <laughs> he needs to have, he needs to just have like one or two like crushing. Things. Yeah. Uh, that's what he used to do. He used to just completely shred the rebel. Alliance. He needed like a hot victory yeah. where he just sent the rebels running completely. Like no, there was no yeah. upside to that battle at all. Um, I I thought that the clone or I thought that rebels illustrated um, Thrawn as they should have. Uh, he was he was calculating. He was competent. Yeah, he was competent. And Him personally, he, yes. It seemed like he was always surrounded by idiots, though. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what would bring him down. And he wouldn't even let that bring him down. He's like, yeah. I'm still confident with his smooth, silky, what Swedish accent or whatever he had. <laughs> the, the fact that he had some strange accent just gave him a more alien kind of feel. Yeah. yeah. But um, I always felt that he was like, oh, wow, the Rebels are going to lose against this guy. Mm. I mean, bad things happen. They, they killed Kanan Jarrah's. You know, yeah, that's true. I mean, they, I mean, the, those last episodes of, of Rebels were, were, I mean, they were kind of up against the wall, gut wrenching. Yeah, <laughs> and Lothal was like enslaved, and they didn't free it. You know? Yeah. So that's what I remember. It's been a while. It's yeah. always it, like, like, it's always good when you see stories that are written that. The good guys don't always win. Yeah. You know, so, you know, sometimes they don't. Like, it's an unfortunate consequence of life. Um, so I think it's an important story to be able to tell. But I think, Go ahead. Oh, I think in hindsight, I enjoyed Rebels a lot more when it was on <laughs> than going back and watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because there's always this what happens next uh, mentality, and I kind of overlooked a lot of the flaws that I saw, but it's a grind for me to have to go back through those episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I find myself just picking and choosing yeah, that's certain I mean. episodes and then just leaving everything else on the table. Um, I've watched Darth Maul's death like spoiler know, 50, 50 times <laughs> again. You mean his death again? No, his final death. You know. <laughs> yeah. You never saw him die before. You saw him. The conclusion out. to that character. And yeah. It's very satisfying. For and me. they treated. I, again, I didn't like when they brought back Darth Maul in in the Clone Wars. I thought, okay, oh, this that is was cheesy. So awesome, what are you guys doing? I didn't watch it, so I didn't know. Oh, okay. But once I, I I watched his arc, great arc. Yeah. And then when they put him down, they you know they did it with respect. They really treated that character well. Yeah. And I mean, I I have to admit, I I was getting the feels. You know, yeah. When he died. Yeah. I think uh, I think for me. Uh, a character that I would have loved to uh, get more information on is, uh, of course, uh, Jar Jar Binks. No, of course not Jar Jar Binks. I was about to say, there are some very interesting episodes in Clone Wars if you're a Jar Jar Binks fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, I think that character got a really bad rap, to be honest. He did get a bad rap, but he can also be exhausting. He can. I don't he, mind he's, Jar Jar. Um, he's good in very limited quantities. Yeah. Agreed. And the internet's probably going to hate me for saying such a thing, because apparently we're all on the same page of Jar Jar was never 
anything good, but I don't agree with that. I, I, when I saw episode one, I was 11 years old. Yeah. And that character made complete sense to me. See? Yeah. Absolutely, and 100%. that's what he was made for. And yeah. every time I go back and I watch episode one, I still feel like an 11-year-old. Yeah. And he makes complete sense to me then. Um, pod races were one of the coolest things in all of existence. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I know there's a post. People are like, pod racing is dumb. I'm like, it's freaking dope. I don't know it what is. you're talking about. It is. I don't see how anyone could see that and not Like, I just want impressed. a whole episode about, like, I just, I just want, I just want, like, something about a pod racing circuit. <laughs> And huh. the something that ties into that, that video that game that was launched right after. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me. In in Knights of the Old Republic, there was a racing mini game. I think in both games. Yeah, they they, they in, in they had a they had a um uh, a bike racing game yeah. in Kotor. Mm. Um, a grab bike, uh, like a the hover bike. I think that also appeared Sweet. in uh, Jedi Academy. Uh, was it Jedi? Was Academy? there a game for Jedi? Jedi Academy? It was the Jedi uh, Outcast 2, Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Academy, I think is what it was called. That was a game? It was yeah. the, uh, yeah, Je- it's I have the follow-up Jedi... to uh, Dark Forces. Yeah, I actually do have Jedi Academy wow. Yeah, on my I think, uh, computer. It's, the, it's two games after Dark Forces, I want to say, but it does follow um, Katarn. Kyle Katarn is a part of that game. Nice. I, uh, uh, but I've always wanted to get more information on the Jedi Council as a whole. Mm. Because individually, yeah, like there's so many things that people don't know about the Jedi Council. Yet they're this, you know, all knowing, and I'm using air quotes here because they're clearly not. This all knowing group of people, and for the most part, they're just you see Yoda and you see Mace, Mm. and occasionally you see like Cody Mundy and like Plo Koon. Right, Plo yeah. Plo Koon, also one of the most underrated Jedi masters. Absolutely, yeah. so if, great. If you're a fan of him, he's a huge part of Clone Wars. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I love the way that they fleshed him out there. Also, with him kind of being like like Ahsoka's mentor outside of. Yeah, he discovered yeah. her. Yeah. yeah, he brought her to the Jedi. Yeah, her, I don't know about y'all, but I'm still waiting for my Yaddle movie. Is that the other one of Yoda's race? Yes, it is. And we <laughs> clearly, my sense of humor does not does fall flat in this room. But uh, <laughs> the, some of the characters that are on the Jedi Council throughout the movies, as they they uh, change, you know, from Episode One to Episode Two to Episode Three, yeah, cause just some of them look die. ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who his name is, but the one that's got the extremely long neck that's just waving back and forth in episode one. Yeah. That thing creeped me out as a kid. I don't well, know. Because he's, he's, he's from Camino, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, it looked like a Camino. I don't think he is. I think he's something else, was, man. Uh, was he? I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's my impression. I think he's a Caminoan. Same Camino-ing. physiology. Mm-hmm. Um, but my... Uh, so one of my favorite things to talk about in terms of Star Wars is the fact that uh, in the expanded universe, um, everyone... You know, talks about how that Jedi aren't supposed to have attachments or whatever. But Coyote Mundi had like six wives in the expanded universe. <laughs> really? Yeah. Before did, he was did you a not, Jedi? Did you, I did not know No, that. no, while he was a Jedi. Because according to the 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 lore, um his race is very um is not fertile. Oh, so every male, and they don't have a lot of males, so every male is required to take multiple wives in order to produce 
the in order to continue the line. Be fruitful. Yeah. To be, yeah. And multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Interesting existence. Yeah, but as a Jedi, he's required not to have attachment. So he's supposed to also like fulfill his duties as a member of his race, but he's not allowed to be attached to his like wives or children. Which I always thought was like, why have we not expanded on this? Because in the comic books, <laughs> at one point in time, like, Coyote Money's entire family is, like, held hostage. What? And he's forced to, like, go and, and rescue them. But I, I also, when, when you see him talking about, when you see him trying to give Anakin, like, a hard time for feeling attachments, I'm like, <laughs> you filthy hypocrite. <laughs> That's dirty. I think there's a lot of... Uh things about the Jedi Order that we see in the in the prequel trilogy, I think we're really just seeing, like, the end of their days. And yeah. what, the, what Obi-Wan talks about in Episode 4, how they were the guardians of peace for a thousand <laughs> generations or something like that, I really think that by the, the, the time the prequels take place, that, they're, that they've deteriorated and they're so far gone. Um, and then we're getting, like, this window into what that order looks like, and we're just so disappointed. <laughs> uh, I don't think most people th- these realize These monks. That. I don't think most people realize that. I think they saw Jedi, the Jedi Council, and they were awesome. Yeah. I mean, but, but what you're saying isn't wrong. It, yeah. it was the end of the Jedi for all the reasons Jedi, uh, Luke spoke in The Last Jedi. You yeah. Know? They were. They were. A great example of that is... Um, I'm not sure if it was Filoni or Lucas or somebody else in a book, um, but somebody pointed out that when the introduction of midichlorians were made um, and all of Star Wars fandom cried out in one voice. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there, nerd. The, from what I've heard is that the thinking behind that was that the Jedi were so dogmatic with the Force and that they were so withdrawn from what Qui-Gon would call the living force, that they started to try and quantify the amount of force that they could find in people to make it easier to find those that could be trained. Whereas when you watch the original trilogy, it seems like anybody off of the street could learn to be a Jedi Knight. You know, Luke isn't necessarily the son of the chosen one when you start that trilogy. He's just a boy who uh, knew an old wizard. (laughs) Um, And it makes me think like, an old space wizard. I wonder if there was this idea of trying to get back to that, but showing that the Jedi themselves were just, they were so consumed in their monopoly of the Force um, that they were, they were trying to quantify, all right, this guy could be trained, that dude's going to suck at it, this dude's going to be great at it because he has the amount of talent, you know. When, to be yeah. honest, you, you look at reality, and it doesn't matter how much talent you have, hard work beats it every time. Yeah. This really sounds like what Luke was talking about in The Last Jedi. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Which is why I adore that film. Don't at me. No, mm. no, there's a lot of people who, who, are like, who are like, oh, Luke Skywalker wouldn't act like that. I was like, how would you feel if everything that you have dedicated your entire life to just got destroyed by like a moody emo wunderkind mm-hmm. who happens <laughs> to also be your, your nephew? I think you'd need a break, too. <laughs> I think you'd be like, ah, I'm d- done. 
I think it goes a bit deeper, but yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, I think everyone in this room can say the similar about the Last Jedi. We're not haters. Yeah, I'm not a hater. Hate on me, hater. I can understand a lot of the disappointment people can have. Yeah. Um, but I don't fall into that mindset. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I can see yeah. people have different opinions, and they're welcome to them. I mean, what would the world be if we all thought alike, right? And so people were were bound to look at that in a different way. But um, it'd be as boring as that prequel Jedi Order. Hey oh, hey oh, boom Well, I mean, in in that in in that line of thinking, that's essentially what brought the Jedi Order down was the fact that they wanted everyone to have the same opinions, feel the same thing about everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because of that, you can't put everyone into a little box all the time, which they'd, is what they tried to do. They'd and become a bureaucracy. Yeah, or part of the bureaucracy. Yeah, and yeah. then at that point in time, like you saw what you saw what happened. Like if if Anakin was able to have talked to Obi Wan about like, hey, like my wife is, you know, I'm having these recurring dreams about yeah. Yeah. my wife dying. And he's like, all right, we would have well, talked him off the cliff. Yeah, he would have talked him off the cliff. He would like he would have been like, well, let's figure some something out. Yeah, and he wouldn't have gotten seduced by the dark side. Like the Jedi brought about their own downfall by their own dogmatic ways of thinking. Absolutely agreed. When you go back and you watch Episode Three, you can almost see Anakin whenever he talks to anyone, begging them to ask him a hard question. But it's like, I'm having these issues. Okay, well, you know, go and meditate. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? all they tell you. It's just like, <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> they give him either, either mm-hmm. they give him some kind of generic cereal box response. Yeah. Or it's this attempt at like, we'll talk about it, but later. You know what I mean? Yeah, every time he tries to reach out to somebody, he kind of, and that's why. So, <sighs> Hayden Christensen, God bless his heart. Who's going to be at Celebration, right? I'm not sure. He was at, he was at the last one. I know yeah. he was at the one in Chicago, wasn't he? And the one in Chicago was in a week. Oh, well. again, somebody who does not deserve all the hate that he's gotten. He does not. Years. Oh my gosh, he did the best he can with a terrible script. But can we also say that um, the best line in all of cinema is "I don't like sand." <laughs> He'll never live that. He'll down. never live that down ever. <laughs> it's you know, rough exactly, and coarse, and it, actually, it gets everywhere. It's not like this. Smooth. I think his acting is so was creepy. Great. <laughs> it was great in both movies, but his character, I think, improved with the third, with episode three. So, I think so. Anakin Skywalker is my favorite Star Wars character ever. Wow. Um, and I've started feeling that way after Clone Wars. Yeah, he is great. Matt Lancer did a lot for that character. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I feel like like Hayden Christensen did the best he could, but it's not like by no means was his portrayal of Anakin Skywalker perfect. <laughs> well, by no means was the writing perfect. I mean, yeah. I love George Lucas; he is the maker. Yeah, but you know, guy does not know how to direct actors. He, no, he shouldn't be writing romance dialogue either. I don't. Think. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> you should hire someone for that part. Yeah, that's when you. That's when you find a, a woman who's been writing the same sappy romance series for the last twenty years, and somehow still makes money. Yeah. Um, and that's when you're like, "Hey, can I get your help on this?" Um, but we have gone for a little over an hour so far. 
Um, so I think we're going to call it right there. Oh, man. Yeah. I could go on, but... Yeah. Well, you know, Part to two. be continued at some point in time. But we have the fan off, and it is hot as Satan's toenails in here. I'm, I believe Satan's toenails were about 10 degrees ago. <laughs> exactly. I, I thought I was the only one. No, no, I'm dying. I'm dying. So uh, we're going to take a... We're, we're, we're going to get back to this at some point in time. Goodbye, Internet. Yeah. We love you. We don't love at you. me. Don't, don't at us. Uh, but at it's me. been great talking to you guys today. Thank you so much for hanging out. And we're definitely going to have you back on. And we're going to talk about Star Wars. I'd love to be back, man. And I don't just talk Star Wars. Yeah. Red Rising? What? Huh? Uh, what? Huh? Huh? What? Huh? what? Red Rising? Huh? What? You mean one of the best book series I've ever read in you my entire life? Yeah. What? Huh? Ho. Ho. Oh. But anyway, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. Uh, if you want to talk to me, which I would really like it if you did, since nobody ever talks to me, um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at GaiusOctavian13. That's at G A I U S. O C T A V I A N one three. As always, remember, be kind to each other and love each other. Peace, y'all.